It's good to be with you again this afternoon. Tonight we're going to be studying from Proverbs chapter 3. If you'd like to open your Bibles there, Proverbs chapter 3. We're going to be looking together this evening at the first 12 verses of Proverbs chapter 3 in just a moment. Proverbs, of course, is the, a book of wisdom, but when we get to Proverbs chapter 3, the uh, main thing, at least to my mind, that stands out in the first 12 verses is this, that wisdom and devotion to God are inseparable. I'm reminded of a passage in Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 23 and 24, where the Lord says this, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, let not the mighty man glory in his might, nor let the rich man glory in his riches, but let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me that I am the Lord exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth, for in these I delight, says the Lord." Now, as it concerns wisdom and the pursuit of wisdom as per the book of Proverbs, what we must understand, again, is that devotion to God and wisdom are inseparable. So whether we're talking about a scholarly person uh, whose wisdom in things academic is um, beyond measuring, or whether we're talking about a wealthy person or even a religious person who has some knowledge of the Word of God and the things of God, whatever degree or whatever avenue we might pursue, all of those things are vain without knowing and submitting to the Creator. So in the first couple of chapters of Proverbs, what we see briefly in chapter 1 is the need for wisdom and the call of wisdom. And remember, in chapter 1, verse 7, we have the key passage for the book, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And the Proverbs writer, like a father to a son, in verse 8 and following, calls upon his son to hear, to listen, to obey. And the reason that he calls upon him to hear, to listen, to obey, is because in applying the precepts of God's word and the wisdom that comes from God, that's going to breed success. Wisdom calls to be heard, verse 20 and following. And then in chapter 2, we learn about the value of wisdom. (coughs) The Proverbs writer says that uh, if you will receive my words and treasure my commands within you and incline your heart to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as hidden treasures, Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God because the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth and uh, and from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. So in chapter 1, the Proverbs writer says, wisdom is important. It calls to be heard and you must listen. In chapter 2, he says, here's how important wisdom is. Here's the value of wisdom and what comes as a result of gaining the wisdom that comes from God. But then we reach chapter 3. And in this third chapter, the Proverbs writer reminds us that it is not only the pursuit of wisdom. 
It is not only the collection of information or facts in our mind that matters, but it is coupling wisdom with devotion to God, which is just another way of saying coupling wisdom with obedience. Now, in these first 12 verses of chapter 3, we're going to outline it uh, with this outline. First, in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1 to 4, Solomon says, Obey the Lord. Then in chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, he says, Trust the Lord. In chapter 3, verse 7 and 8, he says, Submit to the Lord. In chapter 3, verse 9 and 10, he says, Honor the Lord. And in chapter 3, verses 11 and 12, he says, Appreciate the Lord. Obey the Lord, trust the Lord, submit to the Lord, honor the Lord, and appreciate the Lord. And as we work our way through these 12 verses, these points about obeying and trusting and submitting and honoring and appreciating, these points are all going to elaborate, uh, elaborate upon the idea of being devoted to God, obeying God, and having the wisdom of God. And how the wisdom of God and obedience or devotion to God, they cannot be taken apart. So let's start with the first section. In verses 1 to 4, the the Proverbs writer says that we ought to obey the Lord. He says, my son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commandments. The idea of not forgetting is what we're talking about. It's obedience. And keeping the commandments, again, is obedience. And then he tells us why this is so important. And this, by the way, will be a pattern that goes through the 12 verses we're looking at tonight, where Solomon will say, here's what you need to do, here's the command, the imperative, and then he will go on to list the, um, the benefits or the blessings that come by heeding that command. So obey the Lord, chapter 3, verse 1, and the reason... For length of days and long life and peace will be added unto you. I want you to zoom in on that word peace with me just for a moment. The word peace actually has a very wide variety of meaning. It refers to wholesomeness or good health. And it's not just talking about spiritual wholesomeness and good health. It's talking about that spiritual or wholesomeness or good health in every part of our life. It is the idea of a rich and a meaningful existence. So a rich and meaningful existence or wholesomeness and good health in every area of my life comes as a result of what? Verse number one. It comes as a result of not forgetting the law and keeping the commandments. Or another way to say it is, it comes as a result of obedience. But then notice then the coupling with verse three and four. It's not just, Solomon says, it's not just the mindless action of keeping the the will of God, of crossing the T's and dotting the I's and going through the motion. No, there's more to it than that. Look at verse 3 and 4. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck and write them on the table of your heart or the tablet of your heart, and so you will find favor and high esteem. Notice we have a connection between obedience in verse 1 and 2 and also now mercy and truth in verse 3 and 4. The Proverbs writer says that we are to bind them around our neck and write them on the table of our heart. And there's a point of emphasis here. 
And the point is that we are to make mercy and we are to make uh, truth part of who we are, part of our lives. It harkens back to Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 8 and 9, where the Bible talks about the importance of loving the Lord with all of our heart and with all of our mind and with all of our soul and with all of our strength. He talks about mercy and truth, and this idea of truth and mercy, it presents to us a picture, really, of integrity. And it is integrity that is going to be present in every relationship, in every situation, and in every interaction, regardless of what that may be. And the result, you'll find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. In other words, people will recognize your good character. So, Proverbs 3, verse number 1, devotion to God and wisdom are inseparable. And that, that uh, manifests itself, first and foremost, in obeying the Lord. He says, verse 1, obey the Lord, and verse 2, it will give you a wholesome and meaningful existence. But he says, second, verse number 3, not just the mindless crossing the T's and dotting the I's and going through the action, but coupling that with mercy and truth, with integrity and with making those things a part of your life. And if you'll do that, then people are going to recognize the good character that is produced as a result of the application of the will of God with mercy and truth. Second, look at verse 5 and 6. We're now called upon to trust the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, he says, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Notice the command is to trust, and the result is he'll direct your paths. When Solomon says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, he's talking about with your whole being. And the point of emphasis is trust in the Lord and not yourself. Trust in the help that the Lord gives and not your own wisdom or your own resources or whatever you have within your own power to be able to gather or to control. Do not trust in you, but trust in him. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in every way, and the result, he'll direct your paths. This idea of direction it speaks really to having obstacles being removed. And this is one of the passages in Proverbs that really comes to mind whenever we start to think about how Proverbs gives us instruction, not just for being successfully spirit, uh, successful spiritually, but also just for being successful in every area of our life, whatever it may be. In Proverbs chapter 13 and verse number 15, the Proverbs writer says that the way of the transgressor or the way of the unjust is hard. He's talking about the life of one who turns his attention away from and rebels against the wisdom that comes from God. That instruction that we're finding uh, not only in the book of Proverbs, but in all of God's word in its totality. And Solomon says, if a person is going to turn away from those things, he is going to live a difficult life. Think about the kind of difficulty that is found in the life of someone who is involved in a life of crime. Or maybe the life of difficulty that is found in someone who, uh, uh, who uh, uh, engages in substance abuse. Or maybe someone who is a habitual liar. 
And they're always trying to remember the last lie that they told or so they can tell another one and not contradict what they had said before. You see, the Bible tells us that when we turn away from the, wi- from the, from the will of God, we're going to find difficulty not just spiritually, but practically speaking, in every area of life, whether it be our relationships with um, our uh, spouse or our children or our parents, whether it be the relationship that we have with those people that we work with, whatever the interactions or the situations might be, not obeying God's will will make those things more difficult. Incidentally, look at how the uh, Solomon is going to uh, elaborate on this throughout the remainder of this psalm or proverb, excuse me. In verse 10, he says, If you honor the Lord with your possession, then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. In verse number 16, he says, Length of days is in her right hand and in her left hand are riches and honor. And he's talking about wisdom and the benefits and the blessing that come when a man finds wisdom. And he says, Part of that is it's going to prolong your days. In verse 24 and 25, when you lie down, you will not be afraid. Yes, you will lie down and your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden terror nor of trouble from the wicked when it comes, for the Lord will be your confidence and uh, he will keep your foot from being caught. Each one of these passages describes what it's like uh, to live a life of faithfulness to God, but think about the contrast, think about the opposite of what it says. Solomon says, if I'm faithful to God, then I can lay my head down on my pillow at night and I can sleep and my rest can be peaceful and I don't have to think or worry about anything. But what if I'm not living a life of faithfulness to God? What if I'm in open rebellion? Then what kind of sleep or what kind of peace am I going to be able to find? Solomon says that when we trust the Lord with all of our heart, when we rely on him instead of ourselves then whatever obstacles might show up in the path of life, those obstacles are going to be removed because we're following God's direction and following God's direction makes life better. Number three, verse seven and eight, he says, submit to the Lord. We have obey the Lord, verse one to four. We have trust the Lord, verse five and six. Now we have submit to the Lord, verse seven and eight. Do not be wise in your own eyes, he says, Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and it will be strength to your bones. Notice the command, do not be wise. And then the, um, uh, and then the benefit, it will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Remember, first of all, that back in chapter 2, verse 6, Solomon said that wisdom comes from God. So now in chapter 3, verse 7, what he's basically saying is don't ignore the wisdom that comes from God and trust your own. Do not be wise in your own eyes, rather, but fear God. Submit to him. Follow his will. And the results? Strength and health. And I would suggest to you that this is talking about uh, strength and health both um, spiritually and physically. They're both related to following the wisdom of God. Just a few days ago, uh, a doctor made a comment uh, that was interesting to me about how um, we've said for years in our country, uh, maybe something like, you know, kids calm down or you're going to give your dad an ulcer. 
sort of tongue-in-cheek, you know, about how if we uh, are dealing with a high-stress situation, then it begins to affect other, uh, our body in different ways. But evidently, in the last year or so, the Mayo Clinic has actually uh, clinically and scientifically proven a relationship and a connection between stomach health and mental health, anxiety, and so on. It really actually does cause other physical problems. Well, what about the person who submits themselves to God and casts all their care upon him and obeys the command to be anxious in nothing? Philippians 4 and verse number 6. What about that person? That's the person that submits himself to the Lord. And that's a perfect illustration of what Solomon says when he talks about this health and this strength, both physically and spiritually, and how following the will of God and allowing his will to shape our life is going to reap positive effects for us. Number four, honor the Lord, verse 9 and 10. He says, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of your increase, so all your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Do you remember that Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6 that we are to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you? What are the things that he's talking about? He's talking about the physical necessities of life, food and clothing. And God say, or Jesus says, listen, if you will serve me and put the kingdom first, then you're going to be provided for and you don't need to worry about it. That's what Solomon's saying in Proverbs 3, verse 9 and 10, but in a slightly different way. He's saying, honor the Lord with your possession. The idea is to show him gratitude. Give thanks to God for the material blessings that we have, the fact that we're able to eat every day, and the fact that we have a roof over our heads and clothes on our back, and um, that we uh, are able to do basically what we need to do in life. He says, honor the Lord with those things, with the first fruits of your increase. Give him thanks, and the reason is because when we acknowledge God or when we give God thanks, we acknowledge God as the provider. And we recognize that without him, we'd have nothing. Number, f- number, what are we on? Last, number five, verse 11 and 12. Appreciate the Lord. There's obey the Lord, verse 1 to 4. There's trust the Lord, 5 to 6. Submit to the Lord, 7 and 8. Honor the Lord, 9 and 10. And now, appreciate the Lord. My son... Do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects, just as a father, the son in whom he delights. You will find that these verses are referenced and quoted in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 5 and 6. And the context is the same, but just a little bit longer. It's talking about the correction of the Lord and how the Lord corrects uh, his children and disciplines his children just as a fleshly father is going to correct and discipline his. Remember, though, that correction involves instruction as well as punishment. And this correction, this instruction, and even this punishment, it's not something that ought to be viewed with disdain. But rather, Solomon says, verse number 12, that whom the Lord loves... He corrects. You see, the punishment, the discipline, the training, the teaching, the instruction, all of that is an evidence that the father, that the parent cares for his child. And that stands in contrast to what we read later in the book uh, in Proverbs 29 and verse 15, where it says, The rod and rebuke give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. 
You see, God doesn't leave his children to to themselves. God will correct. God will discipline his children if needed, just like a good father should. So he says, don't despise that chastening. Don't despise or disdain, but rather appreciate it and embrace it. Again, our idea for these 12 verses is this. Devotion to God and wisdom are inseparable. In the first chapter, Solomon says, wisdom is important and it calls and you need to listen. In the second, he says, wisdom is important and let me explain to you how. Here are all of the ways, uh, all of the value uh, that it brings. But then in chapter 3, he says, but you've got to remember, it's not just about listening to God It's not just about learning wisdom, but it's also about applying it and obeying. Devotion to God and wisdom are inseparable. So we obey the Lord, we trust him, we submit to him, we honor him, and we even appreciate his his willingness to discipline and to correct and to punish. If there's one lesson, generally speaking, that should come from these 12 verses, it is this. When we pursue wisdom and obedience, there will be reward, both physically and spiritually. Again, I point your attention to Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 to 9, as we wrap up our time this evening. And there's so much that can be said about that section. It's been outlined in this way, and I think it's a good outline, that we are to think right, pray right, and think right, and we're to live right. Remember that Paul talks about how we're not to be anxious for anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, we're to let our requests be made known with thanksgiving. And he says, the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. He then talks in verse number 8 about thinking or giving our minds over to things that are pure and wholesome and good and holy. And then in verse number 9, he says, the things that you have both learned and received and seen in me. You do those things. Emphasis on the seen, because Paul wasn't a hypocrite. He practiced what he preached. So he says, listen, don't be anxious, but pray. Then he says, don't fill your mind with things that are uh, irrational or evil or anything of the like, but fill your minds with things that are good and wholesome and true. And then he says, number three, practice what you preach. Put these, things, put these things in action in your life. And he says that the result of that is going to be peace and it's going to be joy. We talked a moment ago about how uh, when we live in a way that is um, against the will of God, that there are going to be all kinds of, of ramifications that come with that. Again, think of the person who's a bit, who is a um, habitual liar and is always having to think about what he's said before to make sure he doesn't contradict himself. Do you suppose that person deals with any anxiety? But Philippians 4 says, if you'll, just, uh, if you'll just apply yourself to things that are true and right, then you won't have to have that anxiety. What about a person who breaks the law and is constantly thinking about uh, when he might be caught or when he might uh, go to jail and have to see his day in court? Do you suppose that person has any anxiety? Are there any physical consequences to living ungodly? Of course, yes, absolutely. But Proverbs chapter 3, just like Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 to 9 says that if you pursue the marriage of wisdom and devotion to God, that's going to equal reward. And life is better here in this world and certainly in that which is to come. 
So remember that devotion to God or obedience and wisdom can never be separated, but the two always go hand in hand. And that manifests itself in obedience, in trust, in submission, in honor, and in appreciation to the Lord for who he is and what he provides. Lesson is yours this evening. We're going to offer the Lord's invitation now, and it might be that perhaps someone here has a need to respond, maybe to become a child of God, or maybe you are a child of God, and there's something maybe a little bit off in your life. Maybe we can pray for you and with you, encourage you in some way. We invite you to come forward while we stand and sing the invitation song together.